serving the people of the Hudson Valley. St. Luke's Cornwall Hospital proudly presents another edition of Doc Talk. Here's Melanie Cole. Did you know that heart disease is the number one killer of women and is more deadly than all forms of cancer combined? That's really quite a statement to make, but the warning signs for women are not the same as men. My guest today is Dr. Jack Ty. He's the medical director of St. Luke's Cornwall Hospital's Cardiovascular Institute. Welcome to the show. Dr. Ty. how prevalent is cardiovascular disease in women? Well, thanks, Melanie, for having me here today. Uh, heart disease in women is very prevalent, and uh, this is a well-timed session here now at the end of uh, Heart Month for, for uh, women. Um, it's, a, it's the number one cause, as you pointed out in your introduction, of uh, mortality among women, and it's about six times more likely to cause uh, mortality than breast cancer, which is something that, you know, that uh, for many women is in the fore of their, uh, one of their major concerns about health. Uh, heart disease is uh, quite a bit more common. So what are the, you know, we've heard about these warning signs and, and heart attack warning signs, the chest clutching, the left arm, you know, we've seen that on TV and all those studies back in the day, Dr. Ty, were done, Framingham and all that on men. What is different for women? What might we notice that would say, you know, this could be one of those symptoms they talk about? Right. Well, there's a combination of things. First of all, I mean, the symptoms of the classical symptoms that people that uh, were described as in, in Framingham and in studies of men can still be present in women, too. So, you know, those same symptoms may, may be identical. But women, um, there's a combination of things. I mean, they may, the symptoms may be a little bit more protean. They may just feel uncomfortable or, or winded or, or, or like they're running out of energy, not necessarily have typical chest discomfort. Uh, they may just be breathless. Um, and as we all do, you know, you tend to minimize symptoms when, when people feel something. They may just say, well, I didn't sleep well, I don't feel well, my stomach's acting up. They may be dismissive, you know, and that, dismiss- that dismissiveness can sometimes lead to harm. So, you know, listening to yourself and looking at also at the risk factors that you have if you're a woman, if you're over 60, where, where women's uh, likelihood of having heart disease is equivalent to men. Um, if you're a smoker or have other risk factors, diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, Certainly, you know, a change in the way you're feeling, a change in energy, even if it's a subtle change, might be an important change to discuss with your doctor. All good points. And the fact is, Dr. Tai, women, we are the caregivers of society. And they always say, put your own mask on before you put the mask of your loved ones on. But as you say, we don't always pay attention to those. We're stressed out. We're multitasking. We're busy doing other things. Some of these symptoms you mentioned could be a symptom of stress. That's why so many of us just sort of pass it off and say, oh, you know, we hesitate to go to a doctor because we don't want to be, you know, told, oh, it's really, it's nothing, it's just stress. Sure. And, you know, nobody wants to be, um, to jump the gun or to cry wolf or go to their doctor with complaints that they, you know, that they're worried about and turned out to be told that, well, you're stressed or it's it's your stomach or nothing to worry about. But uh, by the same token, um, you hate to be wrong. You know, so I think if you have symptoms that are new, symptoms that you don't understand, symptoms that you're worried about, and you have risk factors. You know, you're an older person over 60. Women have the same risk of having heart disease over 60 uh, that men do, you know, in terms of frequency. Um, if you're diabetic, if you're a smoker, if you have high blood pressure or a family history, then you have to take these symptoms seriously. And it's better to be to, to seek attention and be wrong than to not seek attention and find out that you have a heart problem after all. If we were to ask you... What screening tests should we have? If we want to know, 
obviously we know if we have those risk factors, smoker, obesity, diabetes, family history, any of those. But if we want to get screened to see if there is plaques in our arteries or if pains that we experience might be related to heart disease, what do you recommend to women as some screening tools that you would say, you know what, it's not a bad idea if you have this? Well, I think the screening breaks into three different parts. You know, screening is looking at your risk factors. You know, we talked about um, the Framingham uh, study. The Framingham Risk Index is a nice way to screen uh, your risk factors. It looks at your blood pressure. It looks at your cholesterol. It looks at whether you're a diabetic. Um, and it looks at your blood pressure. And sort of you know, is a clinical way of getting an idea of what your likelihood of having a heart event in the next 10 years is. So if you want to know, you know, Based on my risk factors, is there an increased chance of, uh, of me having heart disease as I get older? That's a nice way to start. A calcium score, we had a, a discussion about calcium scores a few, a few weeks back. Uh, a calcium score is a perfect test in this situation. person with no symptoms, has some risk factors, um, maybe not a lot of risk factors, maybe only a couple. Um, a calcium score is a test where we can do a non-contrast CT scan of the chest. It allows us to look at the coronary arteries and see if calcium is depositing on the coronaries, which is the diagnosis of coronary disease. That is atherosclerosis. So it makes the call. Um, if you have symptoms, you know, problems in the chest, trouble breathing, changes in energy, then, and you have risk factors, then this is a good uh, reason to think about a screening stress test. Uh, stress testing in people without symptoms is debatable as to whether that's helpful or not. Um, but definitely if you have symptoms and you have a, an intermediate risk of having heart problems, um, then it's worth uh, worth the uh, while to do that to assess for the presence of heart muscle that may be in jeopardy. And what about things like stress, high blood pressure? How much do they contribute to heart disease? And what do you tell women and men about dealing with those kinds of inflammatory things like stress and high blood pressure? Well, high blood pressure is a, is a medical illness and needs treatment just like any other medical illness does. It's a chronic condition. Uh, it requires treatment, and uh, as just as diabetes or you know, high cholesterol in certain people uh, requires treatment, uh, blood pressure control is really a critical thing. Uh, stress, you know, be it situational or you know, or emotional, or you know, just the usual sort of multiple stressors from you know, from just living in a in an active and uh, you know, a demanding lifestyle as we as many of us do, um, is tough. You know, I mean, it, that's a harder one to manage because a lot of those stressors, we're obliged to own them. Um, so finding a way to sublimate some of that stress, regular exercise is a nice one. You know, I think that that's a healthy way to deal with stress. Um, being able to delegate and, uh, and, and, and seek the assistance of others, taking time for yourself uh, to recreate, these are all important things to do. As, uh, and as we get older and as we get uh, more burdened with things, it's, time, you can't, it's hard. You can't forget yourself. You, you pointed out that women uh, bear a lot of weight in terms of uh, the, the demands of their family, the demands of their careers. Uh, the demands of their children. Um, you do have to, you know, we sometimes put ourselves last in that in that equation, but you know, you do have to take a little bit of time for yourself as well, too. Dr. Tai, we hear a lot in the media about meds and reducing our risk, and we've heard about aspirin, taking a baby aspirin every day. When does a person, a woman or a man, know that this is the right thing to do to take a baby aspirin every day? Well, this is a this has been a. a, a a question that's been well researched, and um, it, it depends on gender. You know, in in men, it's been uh, well demonstrated that you know, even with one risk factor uh, above age forty, that there's a pretty good indication, particularly in folks with diabetes or multiplicity of cardiovascular risk factors like uh, smoking and high blood pressure, um, that they would benefit from uh, a daily low dose aspirin as primary prevention for a, for a coronary event. That meaning they don't have any coronary disease that we know of, 
But that low-dose aspirin uh, will reduce the chance of a first event, like a heart attack or a stroke. It's less clear in women. Uh, a large study that looked at this, the Women's Health Initiative, looked at this back uh, a number of years ago, and they found that it, actually in women who are treated with low-dose aspirin for primary prevention, no known disease, uh, will aspirin help? It turned out that they were more likely to have GI complications than they were to prevent a heart attack or a stroke. That's not true if they have coronary disease. So if, you know, in a, in a person, any gender-independent, men and women, both benefit from low-dose aspirin if they have coronary disease. So if you have a positive calcium score, if you have a stent, if you have diabetes, which is so closely related to heart disease that they're almost the same thing, then low-dose aspirin, men and women, uh, benefit. Absolutely, and great points all. So wrap it up for us, Dr. Tai, with your best information, best advice about heart disease and women and what you want us to know about hopefully preventing it in the first place and those risk factors that we can control doing something about them. Well, I think the important thing for women to recognize is that heart disease is very prevalent. It will likely be the reason that all, most of us will die. That includes men and women. Uh, although women's onset of heart disease is a little bit later in life, into their, into their 60s as opposed to their 40s as men, uh, typically have their onset of heart disease. Uh, it nonetheless uh, reaches the, the same frequency as men in their 60s. Um, so it's, it's very prevalent. There are risk factors that are well recognized, including high blood pressure, smoking, high cholesterol, diabetes, uh, overweight, inactivity, uh, and family history. Uh, and uh, if you have one or more of those cardiovascular risk factors, um, it's worth seeing your doctor, maybe sitting down and looking at your risk factor profile, getting a clinical gestalt to what your risk is by a Framingham index, thinking about a calcium score. If you have more than one of these risk factors, this may be a, a way of confirming or refuting the presence of coronary disease. And if you have symptoms, by all means, you know, seeing a doctor and, and being referred for some type of functional testing to see whether or not there's a heart muscle that's having a problem uh, with impaired blood flow. Thank you so much, Dr. Tai. It's really such important information, and not only this time of year, but really all year round for women to hear and take care of themselves. This is Doc Talk, presented by St. Luke's Cornwall Hospital. For more information, please visit stlukescornwallhospital.org. That's stlukescornwallhospital.org. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks for tuning in.